Imagine knowing exactly what your students are learning and exactly which steps you need to take next. Join us in Down With The Reading Quiz to craft meaningful and productive formative assessments that move away from gotcha moments of basic recall and toward assessing what your students actually can do. In this 30-minute free masterclass, we'll share three powerful assessment keys that work for any novel at any time of the year. Head to shop.bravenewteaching.com slash masterclass to sign up, and we'll also send you a free workbook to keep track of all your notes. Once again, that's shop.bravenewteaching.com slash masterclass to nail formative assessments forever. Hey, Amanda. Hey, Marie. What are you up to later? Want to join me for happy hour? I'm all in. And guess what's amazing? Our listeners and friends of the podcast can also join us because Brave New Teaching Happy Hour has officially launched. Cheers. Cheers, everyone. We are officially hanging out a little bit longer after school with an extended extra private podcast feed just for you. Yes. Members of Happy Hour get extra 15 minutes of the podcast, give or take, because you know us, we run a little bit long. It's just kind of how we are. But if you would like to get in on this Happy Hour action, please join us. It is only $5 a month. Head to curriculumrehab.com slash happy hour and get yourself signed up because when you're there, Amanda, tell our friends what we do every month for our Happy Hour members. I think my favorite part is coming up with a new free resource for our listeners every month. And then we pretty much break down that resource and how to use it. We also like to have guests on to do extended episodes and even Q&A that's just for you about that resource. It's really exclusive and super private just for you. So if you are like us and you like hanging out, you like chit-chatting about all things that are teaching, teacher life, and everything under that umbrella, join us for happy hour and we will see you there. Bye. Bye. Well, hello and welcome back to Brave New Teaching. Today we have a pretty cool interview. We have one of our favorite teachers who are friends from the internet, right? (laughs) Who Amanda got to have the pleasure of sitting down with. And I'm so excited she's going to introduce you to her in just a moment before she does so. I want to remind you, if you've not already registered for the Shakespeare Teacher Festival, to please do so at your uh, earliest convenience. The festival runs from April 5th through April 10th, 2021. It is completely free. We have some great resources that are available for additional purchase. We've got a lot of cool stuff for you guys there. If you go and register right now, we actually already have some things like a little welcome pack, introduction video, and a few resources that are already available available right there for you. And the fun gets started, like I said, April 5th and goes through April 10th. And uh, we're really excited about that. And Amanda is going to introduce our interview for today. Well, hey, everyone. I am so lucky to have had the chance to talk with Betsy Potash. Betsy, you guys might know her from being around the interwebs, but um, Betsy, let's just start by saying is good people. She um, is the best people. She is the best people. And and I mean this from the bottom of my heart. Like I, I know some of you guys are all probably in a similar transition phase in life where we don't have our high school buddies or our college buddies running around our dorms or our classes anymore. And I've found a lot of incredible 
friendship in the online teacher community. And I just feel incredibly lucky to have met Betsy. She is not only a brilliant English teacher and creative mind, but she is kind. She is inclusive. She is thoughtful and she is a really hard worker. And I just admire all of that about her. Um, Betsy has been an English teacher of, you know, she'll tell you more in the episode, but she's taught everything. Um, and she is now writing curriculum and doing kind of behind the scenes stuff for teachers, supporting teachers through curriculum work. Um, and I just admire all of her accolades and the way that she's helped teachers. Um, Betsy and I talked today about hexagonal thinking. I call it hexagonal thinking the entire time. Betsy very politely says it hexagonal. So I really apologize, Betsy, for not picking up on that. Cause I re-listened and I was like, were you not listening, Amanda? Um, so <laughs> hexagonal, for those of you who didn't know this is how you pronounce it. Um, and so Betsy has like, she has cornered the, this skill, like she has become an expert in this, um, strategy, I should say. And so it's when you, if you guys have seen it before, it's a bunch of hexagons are kind of spread out and then kids start to put them together in different ways by, by writing something in the middle. So you might have, um, we're talking a lot about Shakespeare right now. So we might have, um, like murder written on a, a hexagon. And then I'm going to connect to that hexagon, the murderers or the victims or the, you know, whatever. I might have like a thematic word. I might have a character's name, um, all these different things that can work on hexagons. It is not an English only strategy. It's a thinking brainstorming. Yeah. It's a cool mind. It's a mind mapping strategy. And I love it because it, it takes the like, and Betsy's so good at explaining it, but I like, it takes the, the, I don't know, the big enigma, like, yes. no, like, you know, the rules are, there are no rules to a mind map and it creates something that's manageable and focused that helps a lot of our students be able to actually like use it well. And that's <laughs> exactly what this episode wild. is. We talk, yep. We talk about how uh, Betsy has seen teachers use it. I kind of brainstorm on the spot a couple of ways that I want to use it. Um, so this, this episode is a deep dive into a single strategy. So if you're a uh, middle school, high school, any subject area, this episode is for you. This episode is so helpful. I mean, of course, I'm going to redirect you guys in the show notes to free downloads of all of the things that Betsy has. Um, she has a few paid options as well, but there are several free things that she's got to share with you um, on hexagonal thinking. So ladies and gentlemen, enjoy this show. Enjoy getting to know a little bit of the brilliant mind behind spark creativity, Betsy. Um, thank you so much again, Betsy, big shout out to you, big virtual hugs for, um, dealing with our very, uh, relaxed interview style. <laughs> we had so much fun talking. So again, you guys enjoy the episode. Be sure to connect with Betsy offline, right? Go find her on Instagram, find her in her enormous Facebook page, uh, creative high school class or creative high school teaching. I'll link it in the show notes too. And, um, go give her a high five and tell her that you heard about her strategy here on brave new teaching. All right, let's cue the music. You're listening to brave new teaching, a podcast for educators challenging the status quo. I'm Amanda and I'm a high school English teacher in Illinois. And I'm Marie, and I'm also a high school English teacher in Southern California. We're so glad you're here. Enjoy the show. All right, everyone. I 
am here today with Betsy, and we are going to talk all about hexagonal thinking. Betsy, I would love for you just to say hi to everyone, tell them who you are and what you've been up to. Hey, everybody. Well, I'm Betsy Potash, and I'm a blogger and podcaster over at Spark Creativity. And I spend my days cooking up creative methods for English teachers in the classroom. It is my passion. It is my joy. I never thought I would have a job I would love so much. So um, that's what I do. How long have you been doing it, Betsy? How long have you been doing just like exclusively like teacher curriculum designing and writing this kind of stuff? Yeah, let's see, for nine years since my son was born. So you stayed home when he was born and you've been able to rock it out doing all your podcasting and resource writing all that time. That's amazing. Oh, thank you. I I loved teaching. I loved it so much and I missed it so much when I started staying home with my son. We lived in Southern California and our childcare options were like more than I was making. And so I decided to try being at home and like sharing what I loved about teaching from there. And it turned out to be just so joyful for me. And what were you teaching before you went the entrepreneurial route? <laughs> oh, I've taught it all. I've taught 9th, 10th, 11th, 12th. I taught IB for a while when we were oh. teaching in Bulgaria. That's so cool. Uh, <laughs> we talk a lot on the podcast. I know we're here to talk about some strategies, but we talk a lot about the teacher mom struggle. We talk about the, what do I do if I'm not teaching or how do I deal with the guilt of leaving? And um, I mean, that's so real. So it's nice to hear someone else who's kind of gone through it. I know I deal with that a lot, <laughs> especially this year. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of teachers are in that position right now. So it's good to know we've got good company in Betsy. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone guys, I really wanted Betsy to come on today um, to walk us through a very specific strategy that I think is going to transform so many of your classrooms and it's called hexagonal thinking. And Betsy has become like the go-to expert in this area. She was actually on Jennifer Gonzalez podcast, the cult of pedagogy talking about this as well. And so if, (laughs) if that says anything, I mean, (laughs) you've hit like you've hit podcast gold if you're there. So we're just dying to get a piece of hexagonal thinking. Can you set up for us, Betsy, like what it is and how, you know, you might go about implementing it in the classroom? Yeah, for sure. So hexagonal thinking comes from the business world. And in business, people would put all different kinds of concepts and ideas and brainstorms onto these little hexagons, just little cards. And then when you're looking at a whole spread of hexagons, you start moving them around and seeing how could I connect this to that? where are the most interesting connections, the most exciting and creative connections. And the kind of fun challenge of it is that each little card has six sides it can connect out. And so you you get into this puzzling mode where you're like, oh, should I give the last side remaining on this hexagon to this idea or should I save it for this idea? And that's where it becomes really exciting in the classroom. You get kids into small groups and you put a bunch of ideas onto little cards, right? And and maybe you take characters from your book and you mm. take the author's name and some things about style and some key quotations, but you also take concepts from history, related ideas, things that were happening in the world during the book. And you take concepts, things that are happening today in students' lives and in the country where they live. And and you know, you take things from other books and you take things from art. You can make the connections as as wide or as narrow as you want. And then you set the kids loose with these hexagons and you ask them as a group to decide 
what connects where, how can they weave them together into a web? And the conversations that happen when they start trying to mix and match and move are really fascinating. And it's just like, it's this amazing process of coming to their final web and there's no right answer, right? Which is one of the best things about it, but, but they're going to be working on it. And another group across the room is going to be working and And then they can all share and show and explain, you know, why did they make these connections? They can explain them in writing or they can present back to the class or they can do it on a flip grid. And of course, there's a whole way to do this digitally, which we can talk about. Well, let me start. I definitely want to hear about the digital and I know everyone else does too. I, I think I'm really curious about maybe some examples of how you've seen your teachers. I know Betsy runs an incredible Facebook group with it's always at the top of my feed. People are (laughs) so like asking amazing questions in there, but I guess maybe in there or other places you've seen teachers are teachers using this as a discussion strategy, as a brainstorming, as a, you know, like a pre-reading or a post-reading or a brainstorming for writing or all of the above. I mean, where have you seen this strategy occurring within that, um, that realm of the classroom. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because it's super flexible. I just had a teacher the other day talking to me about how to use it for research and how to have kids be like pulling the concepts of their research together that way. I think it works really well as a pre-writing just to get all your thoughts down. If you want to have a solo hexagonal thinking activity where a kid can kind of outline their ideas and then start to put them together. And it's like a it's like an outline in a, in a more visual way for kids yes. who are visual learners. Um, but the predominant way I think people do it is, is to just discuss what's happening in a text and how it can connect out to the world and connect to what they're learning in history and art and science and, and whatever. Because um, especially right now, especially online, discussion can be such a struggle. It can be so hard to get kids to turn their mics on, to turn their videos on. And if they're in a little breakout group and they have this kind of fun gimmick (laughs) where they're moving these hexagons around, it just, it unlocks their ability to talk to each other in a really lovely way. I love, when you talk about it like that, I think of this word that floats around that makes me crazy, the word gamification. Right? Yeah. Gamification makes me crazy because <laughs> I'm like, I don't, I feel like everyone who uses that wants school to be a game. And I'm like, ah, school's not a game. And I'm, I'm a fun teacher and I like to have fun with my kids, but the pressure to make everything leveled up or whatever is like so much pressure. But I feel like this is its own kind of thinking game and kids can see it as such. And like you said, unlock discussion. That's amazing. I think that would be wonderful to use. We've talked a lot about with some teachers about when you teach a really long text, you know, if you're going to break it into chunks and having a hexagonal conversation at the end of each part, when there's kind of a bigger set of ideas to discuss and pull through. Like I can see Fahrenheit is a great example. That's a part one, part two, part three novel. Um, that would be, can you imagine like how the conversation would evolve over that whole book? Yeah. Yeah. And you could put all the visuals up on the wall along the way, or you could create like a Google slides gallery where you snap photos of all the different ones and then walk through them at the end. Okay. So how does this work digitally? Okay. So I have designed a digital toolkit for this, which is free, which I'll send you that you can link because it makes it so much easier. But here's what you basically do. You give students a slide and on the slide, there are a bunch of hexagons and you can use the shapes tool and PowerPoint, well, slides to create little hexagons. And then you have a bank of, of words and you just insert little text boxes or you use mine in the kit. 
And then they are going to be moving the hexagons around the screen and sliding the text boxes onto the hexagon. So they'll put like, they'll put one in the middle and then they'll put their first concept, you know, maybe it's the, it's the main character. And then, and then they'll move one next to that and they'll think they'll be debating like what, what's the next best connection? Should we connect that character to this character? Should we connect that character to this theme? If we connect it to this theme, then what do we put next? Is it the author next? Is it going to be this quote? Oh, I want it to be this quote. No, it's not that quote, right? (laughs) They just like start debating. We have to put that quote over here next to this character. Well, then put those two characters together and put the quote in between or or whatever. And they, they just, they're conversing while they're sort of shifting them around on the screen. And you can let each student have their own or you can have each group have their own and be moving them around and then the really key thing is that you want to have a slide after that where each student can put in their written takeaways or record a short video that's explaining their connections I like to put in little numbers and little arrows so they like label the connections within the web of hexagons and say this is connection number one now I'm going to explain in writing why we came to this conclusion because maybe it's the intersection of six concepts, you know, and it's like, wow, how did you, why is that connection so rich for your group? How, how did you come to that? And then they can, they can write about it and it leads to like really interesting writing or they can, they can record something on audio or you can just get back together on zoom and you can ask each group to check in and talk about what they've done. I can see this taking a solid like several class periods to get through well in a good way, you know, like in a way that like it's, I love those kinds of, we talk a lot about in our course curriculum rehab and on the podcast about essential question and inquiry based unit planning and having kids take the reins. And I think a lot of times teachers get nervous about that phrase. You know, when you give kids a question and say the whole point of the unit is to discover an answer to the question that feels like a very hands off teacher approach in a, in a like a loose cannon kind of way. And, and I think but what you're describing is, you know, I can see the essential question kind of being the prompt for right the hexagonal discussion. It's like yeah. here's our question here and here are your hexagons. Let's get to the bottom of how we can look at this question. And not to mention, you know, if it, we're gonna say it's a couple days long, we then have like we talk about having template out weeks. So like when you lesson plan you know, we really encourage teachers to think about their weeks as a template rather than a fresh lesson every single day. So like one thing I do is I, I like to have Tuesdays are always small group work and Wednesdays are, or Tuesday and then the Wednesday is going to be some kind of close reading. And so I think that's a really cool pairing is like we, we have everyone here in a small group doing their hexagonal um, thinking. And then the next day we can close read something and see if the two things go together. So it can kind of fit into the layers of whatever you have in your classroom. That's, I mean, I'm, I am dying to do this and I have a research project coming up, So I think I'm going to go the research direction. Cool. I'm cool. so excited because I've seen this around and I've never tried it. <laughs> well, I love that idea for the weekly template. I feel like that takes so much pressure off in planning. You find what works well and you get in a rhythm and that's so helpful for students too. And that's the, right, so you change up the things within the template. So it's a group work day, but what we do as a group is different every week. But I know like for a planning purpose, like I am focused on making sure my kids are working in small groups for sure once a week um, or whatever that might be. So I think this is a beautiful, beautiful option. Do you have a place, Betsy, where we can see some samples or, you know, things other teachers have done? 
Yes, I will send you a link to a We Are Teachers article that I put together that has 17 examples from different teachers. That's a good, that's good. <laughs> 17, that would do the trick. Excellent. I can send you a reel too that just shows like a super quick, if teachers just have 10 seconds, they can watch the reel and see how hexagonal thinking comes together for all American boys. What would you say the prep work really entails for at least the, the live like in-person version? I mean, yeah. are you cutting out all the hexagons for all the groups? I mean, what, what do we need to prepare for if we're going to be implementing this lesson? That is such a good question. Okay, so I'm so into this, right? I'm total hexagonal thinking over the top. So I'm going to give you a bunch of options. Ooh, okay, good. <laughs> you can print out hexagons and laminate them and make them dry erase. And then you can just have sets in your classroom and you can actually let the students come up with the terms and jot them on. Um, in their groups. You can also just print sheets of blank hexagons and have the students come up with them. So that's like one really um, quick, easy way, especially as they become more experienced with it. Alternatively, you can type them into hexagons and print them out and give them to the groups and have them cut them out while yes, they start you talking. <laughs> <laughs> you do not need like a fancy hexagonal hole punch. If you have one, that's cool. Go ahead, use it. I know those are running around the internet. Um, you can also, if you're doing it on Google Slides, obviously it's super easy. Another fun thing that I like to do with it is to make a hexagonal one-pager. I'm totally one-pager obsessed. So you can let students come up with key terms and ideas and characters and design a one-pager in the shape of a hexagon and then cut it out and then have their small group or the whole class be shifting those one-pager hexagons around on the wall um, and coming up with how they can connect. So you can kind of pick your level of complexity as you're preparing. That leaves me with, okay, so one more question. And this is about, again, yeah. if you're saying complexity, have you seen teachers give out sets of hexagons that are not all blank, right? That there are some that the teacher has already decided on one, two, three concepts or quotes that must be wrestled with. Um, have you seen that? And, and how is that effective or useful? Well, I love that idea, Amanda. <laughs> I haven't seen it. You're you're innovating on the concept and I love that. <laughs> on the spot. <laughs> yeah, give them blank ones and then put a list up on the board and say, write these six down on your hexagons and then you add the rest. What can you connect from your independent reading, from your elective classes, from your reading of the newspaper? What can you put together that's interesting to your group? be kind of cool to trip them up a little bit, you know, like I think sometimes <laughs> my kids are very savvy at kind of finding the easiest path forward, mm. <laughs> very savvy at getting out of critical thinking. So I wonder mm. if it might be kind of cool to, um, I can't think of a game show off the top of my head, but I feel like there are lots of game shows where you kind of do one thing, but then there's a challenge like, like chopped or, you know, you name, you name the reality show all of a sudden, like, oh, the great British baking up baking challenge, right? My favorite so, show. <laughs> yes, I love the show. And, and the, you're, you know, you're baking your cake, you got this big plan, and then all of a sudden you have to use this crazy ingredient. <laughs> and I'm thinking like that would be such a cool way to have kids not only thinking on their feet, but then it almost kind of tests their hypothesis of the connections they had in the first place. I mean, we don't need to give them something crazy off the wall, but something that's related to the conversation and, and where does that fit in? Um, yeah. So are you saying maybe like partway through yeah. their web making, you just toss in and say, yes. now you need to connect it to, you know, yes. I love and it. It's like, <laughs> and it's red. It's like the red hexagon of death or something like you can play like a siren. Yes. 
<laughs> I love it. Now it really is a game. <laughs> I just need to let go of this idea that gamification is out to get me and just lean into it. Gamification can be totally fun. <laughs> <laughs> I think I can get there. All right, Betsy, where can we find you after this episode? I know everyone's going to want to run to go download other than our show notes, which is where I'll link it all. Aww. Where can people find you on the internet to connect? Well, if they're podcast listeners listening right now, they can find me at the Spark Creativity Teacher Podcast, and they can find me at www.nowsparkcreativity.com. That is so amazing. And again, we will link uh, Betsy's free download of her hexagons and anything else she sends me. I will put the real, I'll put the We Are Teachers article. I'll get everything all listed and ready to go in our show notes. And we thank you guys for being with us today. Thank you, Betsy, for your brilliance. We really appreciate it. Oh, it's so fun. Thanks for having me. Uh, anytime. Thanks, Betsy. <laughs> Bye. Thank you guys so much for listening. And thank you again to Betsy for coming on the show today. Um, I'm going to have to be the one to interview her next time, Amanda, because I'm a little bit jealous, but that's okay. I um, elbowed you out for that one. We just wanted to remind you guys to head to our show notes, uh, bravenewteaching.com, so you can get your hands on the downloads that Amanda and Betsy talked about today. If you haven't already registered for the Shakespeare Teacher Festival, take a second while you're there. Just click around and join us there as well. And uh, we will see you guys next time if you have a moment between now and then to head over to itunes and leave us a review and a little rating it helps other teachers and educators find us and join the brave new teaching community so until then we will see you guys next time bye bye everyone <laughs> <laughs>